Welcome into Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And as always, we're here to get you ready with all your Buccaneers information leading up to our game on Christmas in Arizona. What a festive weekend we hope it is going to be. First, we already had some good holiday news yesterday. Tristan Wirfs has been named to the Pro Bowl. Tell me a little bit about, in your mind, why he was able to, to get this honor, what's so been so amazing about him, and just yeah. kind of what this, this means to him and the team. I think the only thing I was worried about was his injury, because mm -hmm. uh, you worried that was just while voting was still going on, but apparently it didn't matter. Um, he probably got a lot of support from the players and coaches. You know how it's a three-way ballot, right? Yep. What's interesting about this is that's his second Pro Bowl in three seasons. Incredible. And that's already almost the most Pro Bowls that any offensive lineman in, le in team history has ever had. T Tony Mayberry had three in a row at the very end of his career, and Devin Joseph, a guard, had two. Um, but he, he's got two already, and i got to believe more are coming. Yes. Um, he's, he's working hard to try to play this week. He's been champing at the bit to play the last couple weeks. Uh, I think he's being held back like if it were up to him, he probably would have played last week. But when he's played, he's been as dominant as ever. He's one of the best pass blockers in the entire league. Um, and and he's, I think he's allowed one sack all season, which is more than he allowed in his rookie season. Yeah. So uh, he's just dominant. That's all there is to it. And it's been recognized. And there is a bit of a... Um, when you're a good player, especially on the offensive line, it seems, and you make that Pro Bowl once or twice, you get a little bit of momentum. So it's to the point where uh, a voter next year might be, I have to vote for a tackle. I don't really know who's been good. Well, Tristan Worfs is good, so we'll vote for Tristan. And it's, and it's accurate, and it's, yep. but it's also helpful. Yeah. You get that Pro Bowl momentum. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, I know Bucks fans will be excited that he also returned to practice this week in a uh, limited capacity. And so uh, what are your thoughts on, do we think we see him on Sunday? And, and if not, what would that look like? It's, I think it's still a question mark. Like I said before, I think he really wants to play. And we'll see how this week goes. If he progresses from limited to full, then that'll be a pretty good sign. But there is that whole, which game is it most important to have him for kind of conversation, right? If there's any chance that playing this week makes it makes him less than 100% or, or has a chance of aggravating the injury for the last two games against Carolina and Atlanta, that might give you a little pause. And Josh Wells has played pretty good, but Josh Wells is also hurt this week. So, uh, you know, if I were a bet man, I'd say he plays, but I can understand that they might want to at least think about exercising some caution. And then Donovan Smith was also on the injury yes. report. So overall, this offensive line, what are we thinking about? How many how many people are we going to have out there that, that fans are used yeah. to seeing? Donovan was getting treatment on a foot injury, and that's why I wasn't in practice yesterday. And just knowing Donovan, he's been an Ironman throughout his career. If there's, you know, he'll go if he's not 100%, and he'll fight through injuries. He's done that his whole career. So again, I'm guessing that both Donovan and Tristan play, but I don't have any actual inside information that that's the case. Yes. All right. So uh, we also want to talk about the other side of things. You know, we're going to, we've talked about how the offensive line and Tristan not giving up a lot of sacks. Well, another guy on the defense getting some sacks. Levante David had one this last week, and uh, that gave him a, a pretty cool stat um, in terms of this franchise. He's, you don't think of Levante David as a top sack guy, right? Right. But through his career, he generally gets, you know, three to six sacks a season, and he's got 29 now. And that passed Rondé Barber, who also, it's amazing, has 28 sacks for 10th place on the team's all-time sack list. But when you look at players who are not supposed to be the pass rushers, mm -hmm. you know, not the outside linebackers or defensive ends and not the defensive linemen like Vita Vey or whatever, 
Levante's got the most sacks in team history and just above Ronde, who's again 28 sacks for a cornerback. is was amazing. crazy. Yeah. Broderick Thomas and Chris Washington were both before my time and they may have had parts of their career where they were specifically edge rushers, but they also had big sack total, I mean tackle totals, so it tells me they both played in 3-4 like we have now. It tells me that they probably had sort of a hybrid role, so you can quibble about whether they should be on this list, but it doesn't really matter because Levante's ahead of them anyway. So most sacks in team history by a person whose job really isn't supposed to be getting sacks. So now I can, can I make the joke about how if they were before your time, was that in leather helmets? Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) I had to do it. I had to do it. I did overlap with Broderick Thomas for one season. One season. Oh, okay. In that case, it was Chris Washington was in the 80s. In the 80s. Um, Okay. So also we, we've got to talk about Chris Godwin. This guy, I still just think it's incredible and, and I don't want fans to take for granted that he's playing at the level he is now and how it really still isn't that long ago that he had a really devastating injury and just right. how amazing it's been to come back for week one and and progress the way he has I, I think it's just pretty incredible and so um, tell us a little bit about what he's been doing lately that is is really incredible to you well we had I think we had a graphic last week about how he had a streak of 10 which is now 11 straight games with at least five catches because he had eight for 93 in this past game and this touchdown that we keep seeing here and what he's done most recently in terms of team history is score that touchdown and move into fourth place on the team's all-time touchdown reception list. What's interesting to me about this list is three of the top four are on the team right now. Incredible. I mean, that that, that says a little bit about the evolution of the game. There's a lot more yes. passing touchdowns now than before, but it is kind of a concentration of talent that you know we're going to look back at five, ten years from now and go, wow, we had all those guys at the same time. But Godwin, remember his rookie season, his very first touchdown was the game winner against New Orleans in week 17. It took him his entire, to his last game of his rookie season to actually score a touchdown. But since then, he's been finding the end zone with regularity. Maybe not to the level of Mike Evans, yes, which is hard to That's match, a ridiculous level. But, uh, and yeah. speaking of him, it was great to see he and Chris both have bigger games and games that are more reminiscent mm-hmm. of what you're used to with them, what the team has known yeah. they're capable of. And just in general, the offense that first half, it's like this is what the team has wanted, known they're capable of. It felt like this is it. This is the moment. And then, of course, we know the second half, not so much. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the team learned from that first half? What is it that they can take from that to apply to these games moving forward where do you have a chance to see a repeat of that in Arizona? One thing that the Bucks did a lot in that game, especially in the first half, was use play action and motion. But in, in particular play action, on 10 of his, I think, 22, 23 dropbacks in the first half, Tom Brady faked a handoff. That's what play action is. And that resulted in seven catches for 95 yards, and, and it was working. And I believe they probably would have stuck with it in the second half, but you know you can't do anything well when you're turning the ball over four times in like 11 plays. Right. You just don't, you're not you don't have extended drives and times to get into all the things that you want to do. But the play action was working in terms of buying Tom Brady time. He had a lot of clean pockets and he was able to let plays develop and look downfield a little bit more. And that's when you get a lot more of these big Mike Evans plays. Right. So now looking <clears throat> ahead to the Cardinals game, what are some of the things you think are going to be keys to winning this game, things that you've noticed about the Cardinals team? We know that it's been a bit of a disaster of a season for them, yeah. but any given Sunday, right. and we've definitely seen that having a, a third-string quarterback doesn't necessarily give you a win. So it's, Yeah, it's a very weird stat that the Buccaneers, Trace McSorley is about to make his first NFL start. Weirdly, including just a couple weeks ago against Brock Purdy, the Buccaneers have lost five straight games against quarterbacks making their first start. That's such a ridiculous stat. And and a lot of it is just doesn't make sense. Like the Giants and Daniel Jones a few years back, the Bucs win that game if 
Matt Gay makes like a 32 yard field right. goal. Or the Jets in like 2013 or 14 playing against uh, Geno Smith in his first start, uh, who just made the Pro Bowl, by the way. What mm -hmm. a career rebound that guy's had. But um, <clears throat> we win that game if there isn't a highly questionable. <laughs> Uh, uh, unnecessary roughness call on a late hit by Levante David, who does not do that. Yes. And the call was highly questionable, which gave them 15 yards and allowed them to kick a game-winning field goal. Field goal as time expired. So it's fluky, but yeah. it is a thing. It's a thing. It, 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 and I guess the lesson from it is don't assume that the Buccaneers are going to just easily roll the victory because they're facing Trace McSorley in his first start. Yes. That being said, the Cardinals have had a rough season, and we've had some injury issues, but they've had, I think, even worse. And their offensive line has been just ravaged by injuries all season. And you would think that there's some possibility there for our pass rush to get to an inexperienced quarterback and force him into some mistakes. I think that's probably the key to winning that game. And I think that for me, it's so interesting that they it feels in some ways like these teams mirror each other where the injuries have happened in different positions. And so I know that in particular, they've been a little beat up on their offensive line. Yeah. They've been beat up in their secondary in terms of their corners a lot okay. as well. And so it's kind of interesting. And to me, I feel like this is a game where it should be so much like the Bengals, where if you can get to, up to a lead, that this is going to be so important against this team in particular. So get that fast start Yes, again, get that fast start again. And don't commit four turnovers in a row. Th that, I, kn I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a crazy game plan. Yes. But yeah, I, and do you feel like those turnovers, was that just more of a fluky thing? I mean, when it is as many in, in what is it, 11 plays as he'd had in 11 games, yeah. is it just a fluky thing? Is there something It that, obviously is, yeah. but it doesn't excuse it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's trying to excuse it. There, there were some bad plays made. I think Tom Brady said in his Monday podcast that he can't remember ever turning the hand the ball off and just having it slip out of his hand. Yeah. So that yes, that's obviously a bit a little bit fluky, but also it happened. And he took responsibility for one of the interceptions on a bad throw. Another one was tipped, but that's because the pass rush was getting to him. I think actually it wasn't tipped, but he was hit as he threw. Mm -hmm. So there are factors that go into these fluky turnovers that you need to try to eliminate as much as possible. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean I think if you look at the balance of the season, as you said, uh, he had almost no turnovers through the first 11 games. So the fact that the Buccaneers have nine turnovers, and that doesn't even count the messed up fake punt, nine turnovers in the last three games after committing probably just that many in the first 11 games, what what is more representative of reality there? Right. Right? There's a bigger sample size of the Buccaneers being good at not, and Tom Brady in particular, being good at not turning over the ball. So. I don't think you go into this game thinking, well, we got a real turnover problem, Tom Brady turning the ball over all the time, because for the most part, he hasn't. He mm -hmm. just did in that game. Right. right. Yeah. Well, there's going to be some interesting things to watch for sure on Christmas. And of course, right after this, we're actually going to shoot our path to the draft segment where we break down our path to the draft, path to the playoffs for the love of Pete. <laughs> you know, it's not like I get paid to talk over here. Path <laughs> right. to the playoffs. We still have a while before we the draft. We really don't thing. want it to be the next three games to be a path to the draft. Yeah, you're right. That's, That's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to do. <laughs> path to the playoffs. Uh, we're going to shoot that right after this where we talk about all of the different scenarios that the Bucks are going to need to have happen, what wins they're going to need, what other teams are going to need to cooperate potentially or not. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to that on Buccaneers.com and we'll be back here next week.